I was very much excited about the topic of this week. So what is the topic of this week, Ben? How to be a good husband. <laughs> I tried to find one to ask him, <laughs> you know, what would that be like? Couldn't find any, so you know. So not only did he steal the scripture that I was going to read from the Bible, but I didn't tell you that. But you stole my joke oh. as well. I was, just, I was just, this is why we prep so hard for the show, and we're so professional on the same page. But I was going to say the same thing. Though my joke was kind of going to go along the lines of, the reason I was so excited about this show is because I didn't have to prep at all. I know absolutely nothing of what it takes to be a good husband, but we know who does. And that is the Bible. So where do you want to start? (laughs) Yeah, so the Word of God has a lot to say about what it means to be a good husband. And uh, so I was actually, I um, was on a date with my wife last night. And so I was kind of scared to ask, but I said, you know, what is in your mind a good husband? You know, when you're a husband, you're kind of scared, like, uh, to put yourself out there or in a relationship. But... um, as you grow in your relationship with your spouse or um, your girlfriend uh, or boyfriend, you like, you know, you make those steps to open up honestly to each other. And that's, that helps your relationship really blossom. Uh, But anyway, she, she really had three great, uh, easy to remember uh, things because they all start with the same letter. She said, a good husband is Christ-like. He communicates and he's caring. And I was like, man, that was great. Like yeah. you didn't, she didn't even hesitate. She just came up with those things really quickly. And so, um, I love that. I, I think she, she nailed it and not because she, not just because she's my wife and I do think <laughs> she's awesome, but, um, because I think all those concepts are clearly biblical. So, uh, I, I was like, man, we'll just run with that. A, a yeah. good husband that he's going to be Christ-like, he's going to communicate and he's gonna um, be caring so so uh, out of those three if you could put them in any particular order like obviously the christ-like one is probably like the most important but in terms of communication like according to the bible like what what do you have to say about that because that is a huge uh let's just say my friend chris has a huge <laughs> problem with that <laughs> asking for a friend <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking for a friend, all right? <laughs> he may or may not be single. I do not know, but let's take it away. What is what is the Bible have to say about the communication? Yeah, I, I would like to back up a step, though. I want to read a passage. Um, so First uh, Peter 3, 7. Uh, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as to the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. So the basis for our communication and our uh, relationship with our wife is really the fact that we are heirs together or we are heirs with you in the grace of life. So, you know, why am I treating uh, my spouse with love or uh, the same reason that you're doing it with anyone else. It's yeah. because as, uh, as another Christian, you are one in Christ. Um, you're on the same team, you yeah. know. And as as your sister in Christ, um, you're joint heirs. So you're on the same level as far as that goes, uh, your, your relationship with God. And so because of that, um, we're going to be loving and we're going to work on communicating together. 
in that verse, it's it starts off. He says, "Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way." So, uh, people kind of debate exactly what that means, but I think if we kind of boil it down, the the gist of what he's saying there is that you, as a husband, need to live with your wife in a way that understands what God's will is for you and your his will for that relationship. Here's here's one difficult part that like when you <clears throat> said that about the team aspect is yeah. looking looking back at my past and specifically like the major relationships is I don't know if it was like one of the greatest sins of all pride or hubris or whatever you want to call it but I always pictured myself in the relationship as a team player, right? Yeah. But through the lack of communication or what I thought I was an excellent communicator, but then obviously not because we weren't on the same page. Mm-hmm. What the feedback that I got back, and I'll never forget this, is someone said that they said, um, you always treat your friends better than you do like me, right? This mm-hmm. person was reflecting on that. Yeah. And at the time, I was just like, dad, whatever, we're just fighting or we're in a tiff or whatever that is. But looking back, if that person was right, then I have to you know or not have to but i choose to make a lot of progress in seeing things differently and correcting past mistakes for a better future and walking with christ and hopefully if i'm blessed with a partner in the future not repeating those and treating that person better because the that's the part that stuck out from that passage from peter was you know that's your your team that's your wife right you should treat your relationship with god number one number two it's you guys and then from there it will trickle downward and Mm -hmm. um you know i can't go back and correct anything nor what i want to because i'm being led to a better place but that to me like always kind of ate away at me was because i was seeing it through my eyes right and not more importantly through god's eyes i was leading what i thought was to be a good boyfriend good husband what according to the bullet points that whether it was from movies from my own uh experiences through uh like relationships with family members what i saw right Right. i was looking everywhere else to what what i thought a quote-unquote good husband was except the most important part which was the bible yeah no i think that's really insightful and even as believers, we fall into that mentality of it's a me first. So and, um, so that, hard. Yeah. That's it, where we lose that tent, that team, team mentality. Because yeah. it comes out just in normal talk. It's like, even um, like looking back on, like, even if, uh, if someone was here right now and the conversation went like, Hey, where would you like to go to dinner? Right. And where I'm discussing something and it kind of goes South. One of the first things that would come out of my mouth is, well, I, right. I want, I want right. this or I mm-hmm. want that, but it's yeah. it's not supposed to be that way. It's yeah. supposed to be selfless about it. Yeah, that's that's so true. And I think especially, especially when it comes to um, the husband-wife relationship, you know, that is something that the world and the devil are going to fight against yeah. <laughs> uh, because that is not, that is God's design for creation uh, from the beginning. You know, Adam and Eve set up a a um, household to rule from and jesus reiterates that um when in his earthly ministry but there's a constant friction and um, temptation for that to be torn down so that's where the christ likeness really comes in um, ephesians 5 25 
Uh, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives. This is really interesting. You would think maybe he would say you should love your wives as, um, I don't know, as Christ, but he says you should love their, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. Yeah. And that's so true because, like, what guy doesn't take good care of his body? You this know? guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, even if it's even if it's not like, oh, I'm gonna take good care of myself as yeah. far as in getting me in shape. Yeah. Like it's just it's a proverbial joke. When a man gets a cold, yeah. he's dying. You know. <laughs> I mean, because we care so much about how we're feeling. Yeah. Um. So, his. So he. Um. We're to love our wives as we love our own body. He that loves his wife loves himself. For no one hates his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. This is very interesting. So when I was doing my research and the quote that you stole from the exact same Bible, (laughs) which was I had, that part specifically stuck out to me about love your wife as if you love your own body, love yourself, and... This like the light bulb went off when I read that and it was like, well, like no duh, everything failed like in the past, because here's one thing with with myself, with my insecurities, with my pride, with me thinking I was all that in a bag of chips or whatever I thought at the time. Yeah, I truly and this is honest. I truly love that person. Yeah. Right. And specifically talking about my kids, mom or major relationships, I would truly love that person. But whether it was my mental illness or the whole list of things like that I included or not included, I did not love myself. So the way I loved that person Uh was not the way it was what I thought what quote unquote love should be or maybe giving them things or giving them too much, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, I was trying to love them more than I loved myself. And that to me was when the light bulb went off. It's like, well, no, I didn't know how to take care of myself. I didn't know how to treat myself. Right. Didn't know how to talk to myself. Didn't know how to um, have discipline, which other people say is self-love. Right. Like right. exercise, mm-hmm. diet. Yeah. I'm um, reading the Bible, you know, doing a bunch of other things. And it's like, well, th- then, yeah, it was a very simple equation that totally went over my head was because if I didn't know how to take care of myself, my own needs, listen to myself and move forward or ask those questions, yeah. then how am I supposed to love someone else and create a team? And then how am I supposed to create a team to create a family and a household? Right. Right. Yeah. I know that word husband actually means like farmer. Really? So the, I, the whole concept of a husband is someone that is leading, protecting, providing, you know, nurturing an environment for growth. Um, and I know that, you're right in that it sounds selfish, but if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others. And so obviously people can take that too far, but if you as the husband, as the nurturer and uh, provider for your family or you as a dad, you know, if, if you're not healthy enough, 
um, physically or mentally to provide for your family, then you're not in a place where you can fulfill that role. So I think even Jesus, to an extent, models that where he he takes care of everyone else, um, but then he's late at night spending time with God in prayer, making sure that he has that relationship with the Father. He's talking to God regularly. Um, he is he is making sure that that relationship is is um, is as perfect as I mean he was God, so obviously it was yeah. perfect. But he he made it a priority um, in his life, and so I agree with what you're saying there. We've got to make sure that you know we're taking care of ourselves. Um, so that we can take care of others and and it's we're saying it into these microphones extremely easy but we know that if (laughs) anything of life has showed us it is very very difficult Mm -hmm. and we talk about time and time again right one of the hardest things is to live a christ-like life and move forward into the light and walking with his word and it can be even more difficult with another person right because you have to be yeah have have that foundation so it is extremely difficult to to do so and the point that i was going to get at was going back to another topic of living a christ-like life or why it's so difficult is because everything else says take care of the other person right they're like buy her the ring hey you know valentine's day is coming up do all this stuff but we never really get the message of the combination of hey like if take care of yourself in order to be a better husband in this example yeah and so um just every ad that i that i usually used to see or used to get was do these things for other people which you know is part of it but somehow in the equation they forgot to you know in my opinion take take care of yourself yeah and like you said the old ad or not adage but the example that keeps coming up and up again about something like this is if a plane's going down, you put your oxygen mask on first before your right. kids and family. Yeah. And when I was a kid, teen, and in my 20s, and I would see that, I'd be like, or if I was on a plane somewhere, I'd be like, oh, no, that's, no, what are they, what are they talking about, right? I'm going to put it on my girlfriend or my mother first, but right. it's like, no, you, you have to yeah. do that. And, you know, I think as you talk to men, there's a sense, and most guys won't say this, but there's a fear of asking for help. Oh, yes. Um, yes. So <laughs> it, le- let me just encourage our, our men out there that um, if, you're, if, you're, if you will ask for help early on, you know, instead of uh, waiting until you're neck deep in the problem, you know, that, that is wisdom. Yeah. And, and people will, the right people, you're, if, uh, if you have a good pastor, if you have a good Christian friend, they are not going to look down on you for asking for help. And actually that they're going to be, uh, pleased and happy to provide help. So if you're struggling with communication, like how do I even know what God's will is for me and my wife? How do I, how do I husband and shepherd, you know, my family? Where do I even start with something like that? So, um, you know, asking those things, getting help, you know, maybe you're like, I don't even know how to help myself um, spiritually or physically get to the place where I can think about other people. 
Well, take that first step and just ask somebody yeah. um, because that is so crucial and that's not weakness. That's really the strong the the sign of a strong man is to say that, you know, I need help. I don't have expertise in every area, but I can surround myself with people that can help me um, do these things that are pleasing to God. A hundred percent. And on that note, um, this past week, well, through my church, I was lucky enough and blessed enough to meet the right people. And I got invited to join a Bible study group. Nice. And when we finished yeah. the uh, book of Luke, we took a break and we're coming back in September, a couple of weeks into September. But we collected everyone's numbers and the person running it sent out a mass like group chat. And they said, well, oh, nice. Know, yeah, they're like, well, we're still here. If anyone needs, you know, prayer or anything like that, please reach out or help with anything. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, you know, it got going. People were requesting certain things. And specifically, I'm so happy that you brought that up because every time I wanted to ask for something, you know, I had the text up. It's <laughs> blinking. Yeah. And then that voice in my head was just like, just, dude, just mind your, just don't do it. Yeah. Just don't ask. Right. Yeah. So then, you know, sadly, my dad's health started to decrease and it yeah. took a turn for the worse. So I was like, you know what? I, I need help. So I text and got a loving response back. Yeah. And where I'm going with this is just today I reached out to one of the friends on the uh, prayer group and I just said, Hey, haven't, you know, you know, seen you in a while. Talk to you like on Sundays. And I hope everything is well, you know, I'll be praying for you. And he texts back and just said, you know, you reaching out was very encouraging. Right. Cool. And so he said, you know, you encouraged me and, and he's, specifically said that he has a hard time you know with this exact topic you know just asking people for help and my response was in my own opinion I was like you know thank you for your kind words and yada yada and then I said in my humble opinion I'm like that's that to me is why I don't remember the exact scripture but why it says you know in prayer it has to be two or more people yeah because if it wasn't he would have just said you know pray alone and it'll happen but he said to or more, which to me initiates, you have to have fellowship. There yeah. has, to, I mean, yeah, it was designed specifically and perfectly to reach out and yeah, and break yeah. down those barriers and say, hey Ben, like I, I need help with uh, what it takes to be a good husband. I need help with what it takes to be a good father. Can we talk and pray on it? Right? Yeah, no, I totally agree. The Bible says that bear one another's burdens so you're fulfilling i think it is the law of christ um so we're not designed and i i use that word intentionally to live alone or to bear our burdens alone Um, we're not no man is capable of bearing all their struggles by themselves um so why why is that not not that specifically why are we (laughs) why are we not designed that way i'm not like like, are you God? Tell me why. Yeah, why, yeah. why did you write the Bible that way? Yeah. No, what I was going to ask was, why is it so hard for um, someone like myself and and other people out there? Um, basically, I'll put it this way. In that text with that person, I said that, you know, I would pray all the time, you know, give me the strength to go at this alone, specifically alone. But you can't. Right. So it's like. Is it, I don't know. I don't know what it is, why I try to do everything alone. And, and, and I don't feel that I'm not to use that word again, but alone in that a lot of people just try to tackle things by themselves, not reach out, not ask for help. 
Right. And mm-hmm. that's where a lot of stress comes in. A lot of people break and, and a lot of, not, you know, yeah, not good things come from it. Yeah. And this is so uh, germane to marriage because so many guys will, uh, and um, they'll approach communication and marriage the same way they approach communication about other topics. Yeah. And so a lot of guys will um, shut off their feelings. And I'm not saying you have to be all, you know, sappy and (laughs) chicken soup for the soul. Yeah. yeah. But your wife or your, your girlfriend, fiance, if they care about you, they want to know what's going on in your head. And um, so God, God purposefully designs us with limitations because he know, I think he knows how uh, prideful humanity is, and if we could handle everything ourselves, we would not. We would isolate from other people, and um, ultimately, we wouldn't show the love of Christ to others if we if we didn't have that need for others. I think. Um, is that what it comes down to? Is it a is it a pride <laughs> thing? Because I thought envy was my greatest sin, but it's turning out the more and more like I reflect and and live in my current life it's like it seems to be pride but it doesn't always go by pride yeah like we don't i don't put a label on it but now as i'm getting more educated once again through having fellowship with you and and your friendship and brotherhood and meeting other people i'm like yeah man is that pride and i have to check myself almost like weekly i'm like pride is very sneaky (laughs) yeah I love that. I want. I don't. If if uh, it'll be bad promotion, but as soon as you said that, I was like, that is a perfect T-shirt. <laughs> Pride is very sneaky. My when I was talking with my friend yesterday, we were talking about this, and he's a he's a fellow believer as well. But he's I say this so with all love, and he he knows I describe him as this. He's a little rough around the edges. Yeah. But he said this quote that was so um, Troy esque, as I put it, and I wanted to make a T-shirt of it too, and in the middle of our conversation, he's talking about his downfall and stuff like that. And he goes, he, he goes, how many slippery slopes do I have to slip down? <laughs> They're all over. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I was just laughing so hard. Cause I was like, that is, it, that was my teens. And especially the, the biggest decade of my life was my twenties was how many slippery slopes do I have mm. to slip down yeah. before I realize this isn't going the way I want it to go. So, yeah. So, so, you know, we're talking about communicating with our significant other. Um, and so we don't want to be the man that's, you know, the typical John Wayne yeah. riding the, <laughs> out in the wilderness by myself. Um, we want to be guys that communicate. And because we talked about we're joint heirs with Christ. So, we have a responsibility to our sister in Christ, and even more importantly, as, as she is our wife, we looked in Ephesians that we have that responsibility of the word there is, uh, the term there could be sanctifying her, to helping her grow spiritually. Uh, so when we talk about communicating, um, guys need to move from not having any direction or just kind of surviving life from work to couch back to work to thinking about, wow, I have this wife who is this gift from God. We're on the same team trying to grow to be like Christ. And man, it's my job to husband, you know, to, to help her grow. I'm trying to be ready to present her to Christ 
as a faultless, um, you know, human as, as best as I can, Lord, I'm, I'm doing these things to, um, help her grow. And so there is some major opens openings for communication, yeah. you know, like, um, if you're, if your wife sees you loving, uh, her, like you love yourself, you know, like, um, she is going to be open to hear from you. If she knows that, uh, you know, you're not just saying it's super annoying when you do X, <laughs> can you stop doing that? But instead you're like, I think in observing you, this is hindering your spiritual growth. Could we talk about this? I mean, and, and then at the same time, she's seeing that you're prioritizing um, your love for her. You know, you're sacrificing for her, uh, meeting her needs or um, taking care of the responsibilities that you are you have, helping with hers, uh, putting her, her needs first. Um, then I think the Lord is, she's going to be more open to say, yeah, you know what? Let's talk about how I can grow spiritually. Um, because I see that you have my spiritual growth in mind, not your comfort or convenience in mind. Yeah, yes. You know? And I've been telling my kids that a lot <clears throat> lately. Like the quote that I love is, the devil cares about your comfort. Mm. The Lord cares about your development. Yeah. And development is not, <laughs> is not yeah. easy. Like, mm -hmm. And when you think about it in its basic like form or a basic example is working out. It's like you're literally tearing down like if you're talking about weightlifting you're literally tearing down muscle to build it back up again right it's not comfortable and so um yeah the like yeah comfort and convenience is is a big one but one thing that a light bulb that went off that when you're talking is is when you when you do those things one thing that you were describing or one thing that enters into that uh marriage of what you're talking about is if you're doing those things is trust like you build mm. trust between you yeah. and your wife. And yeah. um, if you have from the outside looking in from from couples that I see from you and your wife to uh, couples at church, it's if you have that foundation in our Lord and Savior and everything is pointing north, you develop this trust to where when someone walks, you walk with them. Right. Because, you know, at the end of the day you're looking to the cross, like right. both of you, mm -hmm. not just, not just one over the other or right. the wife or the man. Like you said, it's as a team and trust for me was something that I would always have like very early on in relationships. Mm -hmm. And then because of all my faults and I'll accept responsibility of that, I broke it. And my dad would always say like, he, he never had very many, um, good teachings because he was one of the people that were kind of describing because of his old school mentality kept very quiet and then yeah. out of nowhere it would just come out in an outburst and you're like where did that come <laughs> from and in his head he would have weeks months of stuff that he wanted to say built up and right. then it would come out in something yeah. else mm -hmm. but he would always say he's like a man's well he would always say a man's word but it's it's a person's word it's a person's word is like gold if once you break it like it it starts to diminish its value right right and so i would always yeah i'd always come into a relationship right around passing the honeymoon phase it's like you have 100 percent trust you have my heart you have all this stuff and then little by little i would just tarnish it and and lose that and it's almost you know near impossible to to get back if you go that route yeah no i when you think of a christian relationship there's a 
like kind of a popular diagram where there's a triangle at the peak of the triangle is the cross and then you've got the husband and the wife at the other two points of that triangle and they both have their eyes focused on the cross so eventually the points come together you know and so um i what you said there is right when we both have the same objectives in mind uh fulfilling our roles within the family then uh, by god's grace things work out well and that's not to say that you know there's not issues of course yeah. there's always going to be issues but that's how we grow um once together. The, there has to be because yeah. there has to be growth i mean right if i met the perfect person let's just say in this example and i won't name any actress's name <laughs> but if, if she came along and life was just perfect and let's say for in this example um like the lord gave us knowledge and it's like well you have 20 more years to live but everything's good it's like well what are we going to do for 20 years right it's like there's that yeah. I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to, yeah. you know, work out and look any better. I'm not going to develop a relationship with my kids. We're not going to have these trials and tribulations to test our relationship, to come out better in the end, right? right. To test our mm-hmm. faith, to move forward. It's like, it, it's, yeah, there has, you know, it, it's, and, and to me, I've always, um, speaking about that, reflecting inward, that is a huge misconception that i know about either like and i think that was i i love hollywood i love movies you know i love movies of all types and yeah. especially i'm always a sucker for romantic movies where the couple wins in the end but one thing you'd always miss from earlier like especially the audrey hepburn days and then some 90s movies is you'd miss like the the fight like everything would basically seem perfect mm-hmm. and so i had this conception yeah. that if you met the right one yeah you run off in the sunset and then the <laughs> yeah. credits roll. Right. But then those characters still wake up the next day and they have kids or whatever the story they goes. Problems, yeah. They have eventually yeah. it will be tested. Yeah. And I would always hold my relationships to this. I don't even know what it was. This uh, perfect couple that I had in my head and that's mm. unattainable. Yeah. But now that I know I have that knowledge, it's like, and especially with Christ at the center, if I'm on one piece of the triangle, and he's at the top or the cross is at the top. And it's like, okay, like if we're disputing about this quicker rather than later, I will be the first person to be like, all right, like what, let's solve this with him in mind. Right. Right. Let's move mm-hmm. towards that cross or that piece yeah. of the triangle. Yeah. That's excellent. That's really key to our communication as couples. It's, um, you know, let's, let's go after the problem, not the yeah. person, Yes. you know? So, um, that's, that's so key because, you know, if you're both on the same page as far as your goals and you and your spouse need to get on the same page as far as um, if if at all possible, if both of you are believers, you need to say we're working towards growing in our our love for God and our love for each other. And then you funnel your your disputes through that. How is this standing in the way of our love for God, or our love for others yeah. instead of going you always leave the toothpaste open, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) yes, they probably do. You know, I have my, we all have our idiosyncrasies that are annoying (laughs) to our spouses or, but, um, yeah, that's, that's so key in communication is we're not attacking, uh, people we're attacking the the problems. You have one more bullet point, correct? Yeah. Okay. So before that, I was going to ask you about (laughs) a little brief, because when I did my research and, um, I'll just jump to the the biggest part of it or what I yeah, thought yeah. was part of it was, but I want to make sure I have this right. 
a passage came up from Proverbs. Mm. So I was wondering if you could give me like a little history on Proverbs, like chapter four specifically, if you know anything about that. So Proverbs was written by Solomon. Um, not all the Proverbs, but most, a, a lot of them were. And so um, why Proverbs was written is up to the debate because he doesn't say exactly why, but it seems like it was a an attempt to pass on wisdom to his sons. Um, you see throughout, especially the earlier chapters, you know, my son, listen to your father's instruction and so forth. So uh, then probably other sayings were collected later and put into a, a book of sayings. So um, that's kind of the background of Proverbs. You've got Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, who experienced um He's probably one of the richest people that's ever existed. Uh, if he was knowledgeable and rich, then yeah. I'm definitely not <laughs> <laughs> So he, he, he had a lot going for him, and he was, um, especially in the early part of his, his life, very devoted to the Lord. Uh, so it's, it's his wisdom and some other Jewish uh, wisdom put together. All right, so here we go, and I'll get to the part to where it... Um really, really stuck out to me, or the light bulb really went off, but I'm reading from Proverbs uh, chapter 4, starting with verse 4. He says, Then he taught me, and he said to me, Take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands, and you will live. Mm. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Cherish her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with the glorious crown. So when I read through that, I was like, man, that's like some really cool knowledge. But the part that stuck out the most was the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding and one mm. specifically about this topic about you know what it is to be a good husband yeah the everyone's path with the lord is unique right right because y'all built this and designed this very specifically very uniquely for our purpose and i asked at one point in the middle of uh the relationship i'm thinking about you know like what does it take to be like a good father. What does it take to be a good husband? Uh-huh. And that part stuck out so profoundly because on the Lord's path that he set before me, I'm very um to me that's my story is I it specifically though it costs you all, you have to get understanding. Like it cost me everything to finally figure out like what to do, right? now yeah and that to me was just like oh that like it crushed me first of all and i yeah. was like ah but then like the light at the end of the tunnel was that okay like if if i was so hard-headed and that's the path that i needed to and and god saw that and was just like all right you know i'm sorry but i have to wipe the slate clean you have to lose everything to gain this knowledge and then somehow years later i almost five, six years later, I read this thing called the Bible and it's there. <laughs> yeah. One, it's like, thank you, God, for speaking to me through your word, mm -hmm. literally the Bible, right? Yeah. Two, thank you for the knowledge and understanding. But three, it's like, 
for you know our listeners out there the seven of you no, just joking. <laughs> it's like it's like you know i would i would hope through you know the stories and the things that we say that one of the points is do not fall on the same landmines that i did right like you can you don't have to lose everything to gain the knowledge or maybe it doesn't have to that was my story yeah but maybe it doesn't have to be yours and the questions that you're asking do have answers and what i want to say is read the bible because that's where the answers are yeah if i only read this 20 years ago 10 years ago five years ago where would i be today with all the knowledge that i have now now i can't go back obviously and i wouldn't want to right because my story is my story but that is one thing is if you have questions what is it going to hurt to read and the right. and if the bible to me is like the meat and potatoes of it the cherry on top is what will it hurt to pray right. read the bible pray on it start yeah. developing that communication yeah because if if you're a believer, you already know possibly a lot more than me, and you know where I'm going with this. If you're on the fence, take the chance. If you're not, then take the challenge yeah. and just simply read. Start that yeah. communication because you you can't lose anything. Right. Like like what's what's the worst thing that's gonna happen? You're gonna gain some knowledge. Yeah. Right. So. No, I echo that. If there's somebody out there who's on the fence about is is what God's saying true in the Bible and is it helpful. Give it a chance and ask God to open your heart to what's there. And I think that if you're sincere about that, God will show you what is true. And that is where the answers are to life. Yeah. And that's what husbands need to do. They need to, they need to just every day, our, um, oh, all men, we need to come before the Lord humbly and say, what is it that you want me to do today? How do you want me to live? Show me from the Bible Give me that wisdom, that skill, and how to live godly today. Um, and that's to, excellent. To me, looking back over just the past two years is from where I started till now. Um, it just, uh, it almost in some way, like I don't have the proper words to it, but it gets um, motivating. Like yeah. to when when you start to reach, or at least for me, I started to reach this level to where it was like when I started off, it's like, okay, like I was, you know, praying out of necessity almost like, like, for example, like, Lord, I'm broke, give me money. (laughs) Like, Lord, I'm unhealthy, give me health. Right. Yeah. But then as I started to move along and started to gain these like little wins, my prayers now are more, I still pray for those things, but it's more thanks. Yeah. Right. For the opportunity. And that it, it, um, I was going to use the word addicting, but I don't want to use that word because it almost has a negative connotation, but it's like, when the winds come, I'm truly blessed and I love them, but I look forward to that development more. Yeah. And when, when junk hits the fan at, at my job or in relationships or whatever it is with my dad's health, yeah. I, I'm quicker to snap out of it and be like, okay, what is the lesson here, right? Yeah. How can I serve you? How can I serve my father? Yeah. And then my father just starts mouthing off. I'm like, okay, obviously it's <laughs> patience, patience today, right? And once we break that barrier, yeah. there's like, in this specific example, there's so much love and going back to the trust, it's like, you know, he, he will say things or, or do things out of, 
probably fear, which is lack of knowledge. And then once I comfort that, it's like, all right, you know, my son has this. Or if he's talking about his wife, he's like, my wife has this covered and yeah, and so forth and so forth. So it's uh, yeah, I'm glad you echo that because it's like just just open that book. <laughs> yeah, get, go, go, it, go get it. Yeah, it's there. So, um, yeah, we, we talked about communication and I think the other words were Christ-like and caring. Caring. And I think that Christ-likeness is really that Ephesians passage where it says, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And we talk about what Christ gave for us, and you know, um, but it's worth repeating. He left the splendor of heaven to come to the first century Roman world, which is not a fun place to be in to begin with. Then he became poor. He lived a carpenter's life, you know, regular, everyday guy. Then he spent three, maybe a little bit longer years going around preaching the truth about himself and being rejected and called all kinds of horrible names and treated awfully. Then he went to the cross and suffered uh, immeasurably beyond our, our comprehension for us. And that's how Jesus sacrificed for us. And so as, as husbands, if we're going to be Christ-like, uh, we have to live um, sacrificially, love sacrificially. Um, and that means that we're living, understanding God's will, and we're um, making those things available for our family, trying to help them grow, especially our wives. We're, we're commanded there to be making them more like Christ, helping them grow um, and, and our sacrifice, showing that love to them, I think is key to unlocking that door and giving them the trust, like you said, to, yeah. to listen to us um, and grow. And then the last one that my wife mentioned, the last C, was caring. So I want to bring up another passage. It says in Colossians 3.19, Husbands, love your wives and be not harsh with them. And that harsh word can also be uh, translated bitter. Um, so when we're caring for our wives, we need to communicate with them in our speech, whether you're the um, blow-up kind of guy or the silent treatment guy, so your lack of speech, <laughs> yeah. um, that it's not harsh, that our speech towards our wives is the opposite of that, that it's gentle and caring. It's not bitter and hard to swallow, but it's very palatable um, in our speech. And, 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 and we want to also, as Peter said, honor them as the weaker vessel. Obviously, that the Bible is not saying that women are you know, mentally inferior or spiritually inferior. We focused at the beginning saying that they're joint heirs with us yeah. in life. So I think that is just speaking about the physical strength that um, men possess over women. So I, so how we communicate, um, not in not in harsh, bitter terms, but that team mentality of us all growing in Christ likeness, and then um, caring for her, seeing that she is in some senses weaker than we are, you know. In Here's another part with caring, and I have no clue what I'm talking about because I'm not the married one on the show. But <laughs> what I would say about caring or where I faltered was 
um, another part that you mentioned uh, combining is selfless caring. Like yeah. I was notorious for thinking, and I'm only speaking about myself. I was notorious looking back for thinking that I cared for my loved ones, uh, girlfriend, kids, uh, yeah. friends, family members. Um, but speaking as like a, a boyfriend part was like, oh, I'm doing this because I care for you. Right. But when I really reflected back, it was always selfish. It was like, yeah. I'm giving you this bouquet of roses because I, in my head, I kind of want this other thing coming around right. the corner yeah. or, Hey, I'm getting you the, the clothes that you want or upgrading your car or doing, making this addition to the house. Because if I give you that, ooh, ooh, ooh maybe like I'll get the PlayStation in the background right. or yeah. whatever uh -huh. it may be. Right. No, I'm, and, I'm the same way. Like sometimes I'll say, I'll do this for you so that you can do <laughs> this. Like I'll clean this area of the house. So that'll give you time to clean that area. You know, instead of I'm doing this because it's a responsibility yeah. that I can take off of you or um, because I, I love you. No, I, I get that. A lot of our motives are tainted by selfishness. The motivation yeah. behind mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Is, is, is if anything from what I'm reading over the Bible is, is, uh, Jesus was selfless and he had no ulterior motives or hidden motivation. And, and yeah. if we are to truly reflect him as, as husbands in this podcast or this episode, it's, yeah, we can't have any ulterior motives or motivation behind it. Cause yeah. that's not the, that's, that's not the point. Like he, he didn't, uh, you know, get on, not get on the cross. He didn't get thrown on the cross horrifically and say, all right, at the end of the day, I'm going to go back home. Right. He was like, you know, that wasn't his, he yeah. didn't, like he lit we brought this up in the other show he was like you know daughters of jerusalem do not weep for me he, right. he was selfless until the yeah. very end mm -hmm. so no that's so true and i think that as we are giving sacrificially loving sacrificially then that kind of caring will flow naturally from us as we're walking with the spirit um but that's that's so key is that our wives know that we will communicate and they can communicate to us in ways that will be received and um, that will be caring. We'll remember that they're not the same as us physically um, and we'll speak to them in ways that genuinely demonstrate our love for them. I know that that's a struggle for me I, where I, I'm not one to yell, but I will um, communicate through my body language or whatever that I'm not happy with what's going on and that even though it doesn't even it, it has the same level of effect on my spouse yeah. and I didn't realize that until later until she told me that that's this it, it feels the same it's the same harshness even though you're not using harsh words yeah. so um we can all keep growing and there's a lot to do there as husbands but you know, God is gracious and he can help us continue to change and be the, the men that we he wants us to be. If that's one thing that I've in my limited experience, <laughs> let me say, is like is more reflection that um, women reflect of Christ like values than men in my life is their grace. The yeah. grace of the Lord is mm. and and forgiveness. It's it's uh, only yeah. speaking of myself in my past. A lot of the men in my life or history, um, family members, friends have not shown grace or forgiveness very kindly, but the women have. And, I think you're right about and, that. Yeah. yeah. 
it's it's huge because at the end of the day that's what uh the grace is what got me here right so yeah no god is gracious when he gives us a a godly uh significant other that they will model christ and not um hit us with a two by four when we mess <laughs> up you know <laughs> but they for- they forgive us. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to go there, but going back to one of your previous points when you were describing uh, Jesus's life, like, you know, like the, the rundown of it, I want in my head, I was, as you described, it, I was like, well, ladies, I am as poor as a carpenter. So you know, like, I'm going to post my profile upward pretty soon. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So just to sum it up, you know, what does it mean to be a godly husband? It just really means to grow in Christ likeness. And how are you going to help your wife grow in Christ likeness? And uh, treating them loving and uh, in a loving way, communicating with them, caring for them. And God will give you grace to meet those challenges because He is able to do far above anything that we can ask or think. Thank you, man. It was an awesome episode today. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs>